Well, here we are. I guess this is episode two. Due. Deuce. And like always, we were yapping about knife stuff, and it occurred to us we should record. So you've got knives in the kiln behind you in your basement, and you're preventing your wife from cooking bacon cookies. Because you got blades upstairs, yep. or bacon blades. What instead. what steel do you have up there? Um, upstairs, I'm running CPM one fifty four uh, on its second temper cycle, um, and I also have a little A two in there, but they're just uh, template blanks. So as long as they're reasonably hard, I don't I don't care. Generally. Uh, my 154, I'm tempering at 400 degrees. Um, and then A2, which is what I made my templates out of, I run that at 420 to get about a 60 RC. So I just, <laughs> the A2 came out of the oven a little later, and I'm like, well, I'm not going to, whatever. I'll just throw them in. They'll get about an hour and 45 minutes on the first cycle. Good enough. Yeah. So. Yeah. You describe and, it around uh, them. I don't even. Kiln? I don't even harden the templates. Oh, I used to. Yeah. Uh, I, I let me take that back. For a multi blade, you want to harden them because then you can use them to drill. Just clamp it to the steel that, and drill the yeah. patterns right through the holes. Yeah. Um, and then in my kiln, I'm actually doing my new trick that uh, you turned me on to. I am de-stressing my 154. So I made a bunch of billets out of my last stick of it, and uh, I am de-stressing it. That's a trick you just taught me. Yeah, stop working it so hard. I noticed I, ha- I was having some cracking issues with stamping, stamping issues. My stamps weren't taking. And uh, oh, that's right. Take, <laughs> we talked about times. that. I said, <laughs> you know, do some, do some curls yeah. in the morning or something, man. So, so I, so I really beat on it, and then now I'm cracking blades, and it, there was just no in between. It was like half of what I was doing was going bad. And uh, we had our conversation, and you turned me onto this de-stressing. I threw some steel in the oven the other day. Um, it softened it up by two RC points. I had great stamps. The nail mix cut easier. Um, so I'm a believer. I'm going to, I'm going to start de-stressing stainless from now on. Yeah. You can tell when a knife has stress in it, you get this, usually along the top of the blade is where I, I've been able to tell in the past where you can feel a tingy type of (laughs) quality to the steel. This probably sounds ridiculous to anybody listening to this, but you can just (laughs) tell when you're opening and closing the blade and, and, You've got it in your hand. It's got this tinginess to it, and that's stress in the steel. That's interesting. I I didn't know that, so now I learned something new today. Yeah, tinginess. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. You know, science. No. Um. Yeah. I. So I was. What really surprised me, and and not so much the cracking or the stamping, which is a big deal. Um. I haven't been very consistent with the one fifty four with those two things but uh what really surprised me was when i cut my nail nicks it was just you know you read the feedback on your machine 
I made a little video on Instagram the other day with this, but um, you're reading the feedback on that machine, and it was just, you could tell the cuts were so much more smooth, not as grabby, which was nice. So that's the route I'm going to go from here on out. Yeah, I mean, I think the the other side benefit, supposedly, is you get less warping. Okay. Which is, you know, my my big struggle in life is keeping things flat. Yeah. I'm guessing it's everybody's do you, struggle. Do do you do you de-stress? I don't just for time sakes. I'm very careful about how I work the blade in the spring. Mm-hmm. I I try to put as little stress in them as possible. So fresh mm-hmm. bandsaw blades, you know, my cutter's pretty pretty sharp and for the nail nicks or pulls and yeah, I guess the stamp would be the one thing, but I've never seen and much stress put in with the stamp. I know people yeah. say otherwise. Well, I have to, I have to admit. I think when I'm done with what I have for CPM 154, I don't believe I will be buying any more anytime soon. I think, I think MagnaCut is going to be my preferred stainless for the time being i've got a lot and i do like how it works i really enjoy working with it so you know uh on the topic of stamps i i always i always forget but i i i've been meaning to reach out to nick timpson i believe he presses his in the old i think tony did as well so he's got a mm-hmm. press and i want to hear a little bit about that i've seen some makers do it and my my question is always repeatability. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you need to hook up a little gauge to it. I, I suspect yeah. you do, but it'd be pretty sweet to you know roll on down to the old harbor front and get a setup like that. Only only downside yeah, is the space, you know. <laughs> for sure, I was just talking with uh, David Cramp yesterday. Oh yeah, his dad yeah. is Ed Cramp. Yeah, uh, he he was telling me that uh, his dad also presses in his maker's mark. So, oh yeah, what's David doing? David stamps him. He's tried him. He's got a little prox on. Uh, oh yeah, he's got that stupid pantograph. <laughs> I got to tell you about that. Thing. That little pantograph. Yeah, he uh, said he's getting decent results. He is. It. He uh, is. He's tried to. He's tried to. To engrave his mark in there with that, and I think he's had some success with it. But uh, I believe he's gone to stamping them now. So. <laughs> yeah, so I can't believe he's doing that with that little thing. I, uh, you know, I messed around you know, with him. That's how you do doing this, that. though. A lot of people, I'm sure you get it. You got it from me. Um, just all the basic questions. How do I get started? I want to do this, and you just got to pick up some tools, man, and start working right. and get to know what you have available and. Man, you just figure out your tooling, and once you figure out that the tooling you have sucks, you upgrade your tooling. <laughs> yeah, or it doesn't work for, for your workflow or, or what have you. I mean, right. I did the same but, thing as what David did. I, I think if I remember talking with him before, he's got space issues like we all do. Yeah. So uh, he yeah. was looking for something small. So I had bought that pantograph. And uh, some guy had written up a little, little how to 
uh, from his experience on Chris Crawford's website. Mm-hmm. So I said, oh, I'd give that a try. That'd be great if I could just pull that out on the workbench and use it and put it away. Yeah. But that thing, uh, it's got like that, you know, that cheap pop metal, like magnesium in it or whatever. You, I yeah. mean, it cracked on me. I couldn't get things perpendicular. I, I probably just had a bad pantograph, but I finally gave up because I'm trying to pay bills doing this and I had time with a monkey with that. And <laughs> I live in Ohio for crying out loud. So, you know, one of those states that uh, built the war effort, I guess. So those machines are everywhere. Cheap, cheap living. Yeah, yeah, for real. I had gotten a, a Gorton P12, which is a nice little panograph. I call it little, it's chest high. It's not a big yeah. panograph, but... Yeah, that's maybe 500 pounds. And I was doing my maker's mark with it. Um, I learned how to sharpen carbide bits with um, a single lip cutter, I believe they're called. Mm-hmm. And it was a great experience, except it was taking me 30 minutes to line up my knife, get everything set up, and take a bunch of passes. And so... After a few months of doing that in 20, that was the beginning of 2021, I said, the heck with this. Like, I've got, I mean, I've got to make a little money. I can't, I, I think at the time I was yeah. making enough money to buy belts and more handle material. So that was first one of the yeah. first things to go when I uh, did my taxes in the spring was, uh, okay, <laughs> we got to find some time. <laughs> you can't make $3 an hour and pay your bills. No. Uh, so anyway, well, fortunately for me, I wish him I'm good luck with that proxon, but uh, I, I won't yeah, look back. Um, I, the pantograph is not as easy as people think. It's it's like any other machine. You got to really become one with it, if you will. You got to put the hours and get to know it. And I yeah. really paid my dues, and I'm not uh, the, the smartest cook in the kitchen when it comes to mechanical things so i i just sat down with it and figured it out for myself i'd watched chris's video and and i think i had enough information to figure out the rest and the guy i bought it from kind of walked me through some of the some of the things i really need to to focus on so I, i i've told this story on instagram before but the pantograph i have was used to do all the engraving on all of the dodge vipers so I think there were several components on the Dodge Viper uh, engine and otherwise that are that have engravings on them, and so this cool pantograph that, yeah. was used to do that. And quite a yeah. quite a neat story. This guy worked for the big the big auto companies in both Dayton and Cleveland over the years, and he went out on his own and just worked in his basement. And the Ford and GM and Dodge would just. They would just send a guy out with parts to engrave. They'd walk through the house wow. and down the basement steps. And, <laughs> so here you go. We've got your parts. So uh, he something. did that for a couple of decades. So it was pretty neat to hear the stories. And, you know, I got a little machine well, that's got pedigree to it. You know, getting to know you as well as I have, I can, I can tell everybody out there that knowing the historical uh, life of that machine – like you do, I know um, that that really that really means something to you. You know that's that's really cool. 
Oh, for sure. For sure. I wish it had war finish on it. I'm big into the war finish. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know if you're familiar with that, but the uh, federal government mandated all, all these big companies. This could be a 13-day ordeal to explain this. I'll try and condense it into 30 seconds. And should you get bored, you know, wave your hands at me. But uh, <laughs> the, the federal government during the early years of the war in their infinite bureaucracy – Remember, we're coming out of the progressive 30s, and they created all these mandates. You can only have certain finishes. They didn't want companies like chroming things and doing high luster finishes and wasting certain paints. So mm-hmm. broadly, people call these, when you look at some of these old machines, it's a lightish gray color, Yeah, and it's called a war finish. So the machine would be not as smooth if it's like like cast cast iron like this machine you know the bases wouldn't be as smooth uh, a finish and yeah. you know you would have this real rough looking light gray paint so on and so forth and i believe part of the process was they had to put a placard on that said war finish if i remember correctly i have so, it i have the documentation from the government i i came across it once so i've got the actual paperwork that they distributed to you know all of these companies back in the early forties sure. on this. It's pretty so pretty intent, insane. And these big companies, they were, you know, corporatism was run amok. They were in bed with the government. They're like, yeah, let's do this. It's a great way for them oh, to yeah. eliminate the little guy. So so you know, I, so you're looking at a paint that would be similar to how they paint our navy ships. Yeah, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. the same paint and same ordeal. I've actually gotten to play with some of that stuff my time in the service and just it's like thick it's like the lowest quality (laughs) you could look at it and you could almost smell the lead oozing out of it probably i'm sure it had lead in it well i think we're about at time here and uh i know jason you had told me you've got knives in the uh the kiln that that got to come out so we'll wrap this this will be a shorter episode and thanks everyone for listening to us ramble on and thank you yeah have a great day